0: Algar Productions. Algar Productions. Algar Productions. Algar Productions. You are listening to the Post-Atomic Horror Podcast with Ron Algar-Watt and Matt Robotham. (音楽) Episode 344, covering Judgment and Horizon. My friends, here's a surprise. We were not very angry this week. No, sh- these episodes. These episodes were shockingly
1: good and not terrible in that way. Yeah, order. I mean,
0: as far as a pairing goes, this might be the best pairing we've gotten so far, which is a pretty low bar. I mean, yeah. Cuz the couple of other decent episodes we've gotten usually get paired up with a bad one, right? Mm. Like It's the first time we got a bad one in an av- or a good one and an average one. Yeah. Which is that it averages out to like a c, which is better than we usually get <laughs> you
1: tried yes
0: you got a you got a try hard button uh-huh
1: you get a not a smiley sticker, but maybe a uh flat mouth sticker yeah
0: like uh like Stephen universe's expression in that one uh, opening sequence that you love so much
1: <laughs> that shot is so good yep that's that shit still you... cracks me up.
0: Yeah, I don't, I don't know what it is, but at the at the very beginning of the earliest episodes, he's standing on a warp pad and making just like blank, empty just face,
1: staring into space.
0: And we marathoned it with Matt, and and every single episode, just he would fall down laughing. And they're twelve minute episodes, so this happened frequently. Yep. So, so that's what this gets—is that face? Yeah, absolutely. These are the problems with inviting me into your home. Oh, I, I mean, you're not a vampire, Matt, as far as I know. <laughs> But uh, no, I I actually pretty well liked this first one. Did I like, like, I'm trying to think if I liked it more than I've liked any so far. I mean, we've only done about 30 or 40 of these, so.
1: You'd, you'd think the good ones would stand out more. I know I've seen some.
0: We liked the Dr. Flox one. Yeah. Which then a listener wrote in and kind of convinced me that there were things not to like about it, which fair point, mm-hmm. but... Also, why would you do that to me, listener? They were good points, but come on. That's all I got, man.
1: Oh, you have um, joy? Well, let me just take that away from you. Yoink. Hey, where'd my Thanks go?
0: Thanks a lot, joy-yoinker. I hate the um, joy-yoinker. Yeah, it's the the worst the
1: Finnish uh, children's character I've ever heard of.
0: <laughs> not like Goosio, the beloved children's uh, mascot of Malta. Oh, I love Goosio. Goosio. <laughs> anyway, um... The first episode, Judgment, uh, is even more of a surprise because it's a Cleon episode, which isn't always my favorite thing these days. Mm-hmm. But uh, I-, I liked it. Let me let me let me tell you what happened yes, in that. Spin us a summary. Yes, spin. I'll 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 spin you a yarn, a yam of of Judgment. Scroll us up a cinema. <laughs> Fingal. <laughs> We open in a Klingon courtroom, and my heart skips a beat, as I wonder if I've accidentally started watching Star Trek VI from the middle. But no, this is Enterprise, and they're actually doing stuff that's meant to remind us of other Star Trek. Also, Archer's Defender, yes, of course, Archer's in jail again, is played by J.G. Hertzler, who played Martok on Deep Space Nine. If this show thinks that reminding me of other better Star Treks is going to get me on its good side, they are absolutely right. (laughs) Archer stands accused of helping some mullety rebels who spend all of eight seconds on screen because this is a case where telling is much preferred to showing. Most of the actual action, as it were, happens in a courtroom, as we get another example of a Klingon treating something other than literal violent fighting as a glorious battle. Grandpa Martok, I'm sure he had an actual name, but Grandpa Martok works for me since he might very well be Martok's actual grandpa, remembers a time when Klingons actually did honorable stuff instead of just yelling the word honor while stabbing each other in the back and sneaking around in invisible ships. And this grizzled old legal warrior manages to convince the stodgy old court and the crusty old Klingon dean, I mean, judge, that the old ways are the best ways and maybe don't kill Archer, but instead send him to the Dalithium Mines on the penal asteroid of Rorapente, which, as you'll recall from one of Chekov's brilliant lines of dialogue in the undiscovered country, is... Known throughout the galaxy as the alien's graveyard. Except that Archer manages to escape in like five minutes with the help of Malcolm in a fur coat. So how hard can it be, really? But Grandpa Martok, who was also sentenced to Klingon prison, does not escape with him because he's a good man who wants to honor the judge's wishes and remain to change the system from the inside. And suddenly I am reminded that I don't always hate Klingons. Or Enterprise. What is even happening right now? Yeah, this was a real surprise. Just like, because we open on like you know Klingons,
1: archer archers in jail again. Like,
0: well, the the opening shot is that that pretty famous, like one of the best images from Star Trek Six, mm-hmm. which is that big open courtroom with the spotlight in the middle, and, yep. and Kirk and Bones standing there with uh, with Grandpa Worf. Yep, and it's it was a great scene then, and the, the this episode opened with that, and it's like. I knew this was coming, I had seen this screenshot before, Sure, but I figured it came in the fourth season when the showrunners changed and people were more willing to acknowledge Star Trek history, so it was a big surprise to see it in season two.
1: Well, speaking of, this is my good thing, I was looking at Memory Alpha, there's a lot of really good Trek continuity in this episode. Yeah, there is. Including a ton of stuff I didn't notice, I'll have to check the Memory Alpha page for the Yeah, full this is your list. good thing, right? But Yeah, yeah. But like, it's a real nice change from two writers who possibly don't know what Star Trek actually is.
0: Well, this wasn't written by Brandon, uh, by Brandon Braga and Rick Berman, so mm-hmm. that helps. And I think some of the the underling writers are keen to say, "Wait, this is a Star Trek show. Why aren't we doing Star Trek things?" Yeah,
1: no, um, I was reading That's the uh, feeling I got. the The guy like specifically said, "Yeah, I wanted to cram in as much uh, continuity as I possibly could. That's why the is in there. He names like ships that are going to come back in like the original series. It's
0: you know, really or, or cool." Or he names. He names important Klingon guys whose ships will be named after, I think is what it was. Yeah. Which is very cool. And uh, uh, the guy that uh, Archer pisses off is Doras, which is nice because those guys, you always got to watch those guys. What was great
1: about that, honestly, was as soon as he showed up, I'm like, oh, okay, so here's the bad guy. Because the Doras are always the bad guys. They're like the schemy, slithery Klingons that everybody hates. But... He just left at the after he showed. Like yeah, he, he wasn't sh-
0: exactly a bad guy. He was just sort of the the adversary. Yeah, he like, shows
1: up. He tells the, everyone what happened. Everyone yells at him because he's, he doesn't have any honor now. And then he leaves. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, well, he's going to come back any second now to betray somebody. No. But no,
0: no. I think the writers just wanted to use a familiar name. That doesn't mm-hmm. have. They don't have to be exactly the same as before. It's just you know, a similar name. But yep. I mean, the courtroom set looked great. Mm-hmm. It looked just like. Um, just like it did in Star Trek VI, like on a TV budget, but they still pulled it off. Yeah, real impressive. Um, I had my uh, the surround d- on my TV, and it, it like it echoes through the room really yep. well. Like you got the guy in the middle sort of bellowing out, and, and you can hear it echoing behind you. It's very cool. Everybody's um, yelling
1: and waving around their court ordered sticks.
0: Yeah, you gotta. You get. You're surrounded. Like it's like theater in the round, and you're surrounded by Klingons, just like calling for your head. And yep. It's it's
1: pretty fantastic. You think they get they get those sticks when they come in, or they have to bring them from home? I'm pretty sure it's a BYOS situation. Mm-hmm. Well, welcome to the courtroom. Do you have your stick?
0: Is that is that strong bad? Yeah, strong bad the Klingon. Strong bad the bailiff. Yeah, strong bad. Of course. And the judge was fantastic. mm Hmm. He just—he had this real grizzled old Klingon.
1: I love that fucking the 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 gauntlet and the bangy ball thing.
0: Yeah, it's it's kind of dumb, but it's dumb in a way that Klingons are supposed to be. It's so. it's dumb. It yeah, it's it's exactly dumb in a Klingon way. Yeah, but the the judge like his voice was so good, and I had sworn I I had seen or heard him in something else, and no, like the only other Star Trek he's done is some Enterprise episodes we haven't seen yet mm-hmm. as an Andorian. So ah. he's he's new to me so far. And he was fantastic. And, of course, uh, J.G. Hertzler is, Mar- uh, you know, not Martok, but Martok.
1: Oh, man. Was great,
0: Two-eyed Martok. S-
1: the second he comes in and starts talking, I'm like, is that fucking Martok? That is yeah. fucking Martok. Awesome.
0: Yeah. And he was great. He was a different enough character. Like mm-hmm. the, the actor obviously has certain things that, that are always the same. but well, his he voice is always going to sound the same. But, like.
1: Yeah. And he's but got he, that he,
0: very distinct voice, too. Yeah. But he played it differently enough that it didn't feel like, oh, he's just doing this again. Ah, if anything, if anything, this character reminded me of the uh, lawyer in that one DS Nine episode. That we I, I was thinking of that too. God, that was a good character. Yeah, it was. And this guy was similar enough, but also different enough that it didn't feel like a ripoff of that.
1: And I love, and I love the speech about you mentioned it in your summary about how he's sick of like, like, just everything is like warriors now for the Klingon Empire.
0: Yeah, it's nice because apparently it's not. it hasn't always been like that. Like, what we're seeing is a trend in Klingon culture. Mm. And a trend now it's that's all about apparently
1: warriors. not going to go away anytime soon. But.
0: Yeah, but it hasn't always been that way, which makes sense, because we always wondered, how the hell did these guys get into space if all they want to do is kill people? And no, I, I, the, the answer is they were less warrior-like, and then the warriors kind of took over. Yeah, it got popular. I guess when
1: that. the empire starts spreading and it's like, oh shit, look how awesome we are. 'Cause we always talked about how the society doesn't work if it you know, if I don't have engineers and lawyers
0: and diplomats and yeah. yeah.
1: Like uh Martok's talking about how like his dad was like a bio or his mother was a biologist and his father was like a doctor or something.
0: Yeah. Like And it's like oh yeah, cool. a, whole, a whole society would have these things. Mm. They're and just I get it. Unpopular. In, in, in the shorthand of the show, okay, a Klingon shows up, they're probably a warrior. But at this point a Klingon shows up We're going to assume warrior, so Mm -hmm. it's a cool move to switch it up and say, no, this guy's a lawyer. Yeah. Which I like. And, okay, yeah, we've seen that once before, but this guy, again, was different enough. And this is really my good thing. I can't believe I'm saying this, but this show gets Klingons, like, better than the current show Discovery does. Yeah, I'm not going to go into detail yet. We'll talk about it when we get there in June. Mm -hmm. But I don't love the way the Klingons are portrayed in in Discovery so much. And this show, this episode, actually kind of, you know, got it.
1: Oh yeah, these are these are very clearly like well developed Ron Moore Klingons.
0: Yeah, who I could clearly see leading to the ones we met later. Yeah, absolutely, which is very cool. I enjoyed that. Um, what else? Uh, well, we we hardly get any time with the Enterprise guys, which I thought was a bold move. Like we we get enough screen time that they justify their paychecks, but yeah, yeah we get maybe 5 minutes of T'Pol and the gang trying to rescue Archer but mm. like through diplomatic channels but just, it's just so you much know that there's Archer. yeah just so you
1: know that there's that, they are there yeah
0: and they haven't given up on him yeah. but but it's mostly his story and whenever a star trek episode does that it's always a bold move to say you know what we're just going to focus on the captain and that's it yeah and it was nice i mean I, of course there's my bad thing which has been my bad thing 30 times before but I'm so tired of Archer saying, your courts are different than our courts. Why don't you do it the way we do it? Wah. Like, man, shut up. I will say that I
1: also would be upset if when put when put on trial for uh, crimes against an entire empire, no one let me talk.
0: Oh, no, I agree. But the way to argue that is not. Like, imagine any of the other Star Trek captains in this situation. Mm. Kirk would do whatever the fuck he wanted. Picard would try to play. Fuck he wanted, as I yeah. Recall. yeah. Uh, Picard would try to play by their rules, say, okay, I am win in Rome. All right. Um and Cisco and would say, okay, well, these guys respect, you know, aggression, so I'll be aggressive and prove who prove I'm the alpha. Like each each of them would adapt. Archer mm-hmm. does not adapt. He just complains. Yep. That's what bugs me. It's it, there's no there's no change. And this He treats this situation like he treats every situation, which is to, to, complain to stand about. there with his arms folded and complain that things aren't enough like they are at home. Yep. And it's irritating. He, he could have made the point you're saying, because it is a good point. Mm-hmm. He could have made that point in a way that wasn't his usual petulant bullshit. So. Mm-hmm. Well, the thing is, uh, t- just complaining isn't going to work with Klingons, and he should know that at this point.
1: Yeah, he's met them a few times. <laughs> yeah, like, dude, you... <laughs> If you're not gonna be if you're not gonna, you know, nut up a bit about this, you're gonna get stabbed with a pain stick or a bat leth or a s- knife that's made for stabbing someone in the back. Right. Weapons which, I know from Klingons.
0: They have they have more uh, variety of weapons than they have variety of animals, which they still only have one. Targ and Targ. Yeah. That's it what was that dog what... that Christopher Lloyd had? Was that a targ? That was a targ. That was a targ, okay. That was canonically the first appearance of a targ. Well, son of a bitch. Yeah. And then uh, I guess the worms that make up Gah, but maybe those are intestinal worms from a targ. For all we know, <laughs> those are shipped from uh, Ferenginar.
1: Yeah, of course. They're not even they're not even homegrown worms.
0: <laughs> it's the one thing they took from another culture. Everything else just doesn't matter. But.
1: <laughs> all of the uh, all the Klingon worm farmers ran off to become warriors. <laughs> Today is a good day to kill these worms.
0: W- worm ears: Yes. Yeah, I don't. Know. Wormiers, I think it's wormiers, actually. wormiers. Yeah, um, Ooh. but but fucking Archer just complain like, oh, I don't like your food, and oh, I don't like your justice system, and oh, man, shut up, shut up, and eat your hairy turkey leg. Do something, man. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, I get it. Yeah, it's unpleasant, of course, but there are ways to show us that. Like, you remember, you remember the it was the Spock episodes actually of, of Next Gen, where uh, Data and Picard had to had to ride on a Klingon ship and. Dude is like, well, our, our beds are very hard. And Picard's like, good. Yep. And and there's a lot of that. There's a lot of like, you're not going to intimidate me. Fuck you. Mm-hmm. And that's how a captain acts, man. Ugh. Not, you know, this isn't how we do it on my planet, Rumbul. Well, you're a communist fool, Archer. Yeah. I'm just, uh, I'm so tired of him doing that. Yeah. I've... There's other ways to handle it. He does wear a little. Yeah. But th- that said, this was one of the better Archer episodes. Oh, yeah. But it was mostly good despite him, not
1: because of him. Yeah, well, I mean, you get to spend the entire episode with J.G. Hertzler. Like, I am there for that. Yeah.
0: Uh, what was your bad thing?
1: I mean, you talked about this in your summary, but you're not wrong. Um, Rurapenthe is apparently real easy to escape from. <laughs> yup. You know, for the most dangerous, like, prison in the entire universe. Like, the one that people talk about in, like, Hushed Whispers, because they're yep. so terrified to have to spend even a day there. A place where, like, surviving a year is completely, like, unlikely, unless you're, like, the most hardcore guy on the planet. You can fucking walk out of there.
0: Well, what what Malcolm did, apparently, and uh, under the supervision of, of Tapal and the rest, mm. is, um, I mean, I say Tapal and the rest. Presumably the other guys had some hand in it, but probably not. Yeah. I can't imagine Trip helping. You guys breaking into prison?
1: Yeah. Can I come? I know a lot about prisons. Uh, no, uh, sweetie, you're going to stay behind this time just because we don't need you yelling at the guards. I ain't no prisoner.
0: But <laughs> I'm not a number. Damn it! I'm or, a free man. Or worse, I am a prisoner. Yep. But the um the what well, all they did was bribe a couple of guards, which I get. Yeah, I get. First of all, you don't want to, you you know, you, like you gotta you gotta get them out of the episode by the end, or you gotta get them out of the prison by the end, mm-hmm. and you don't want to spend a long boring period showing how the diplomatic end of that works. But on the other hand, having your dumbest, most ineffectual character show up in a fur coat to say, "Oh, I'm here to spring you." Hmm. No.
1: Winikens, I'm here to get you out of prison.
0: Basically. Bums. <laughs> so I'm what- going to put you in a different prison of my own making. An intricate prison. Yeah. No, it, it just, it was, it was a little, it was a little rush because I remember checking, like I didn't check the, the runtime, which mm. is the, the best thing I can say about this episode is I yeah. never said how much longer do we have until the end where I was like, wait a minute. This has got to be almost over, and he's still in prison. Is this a two-parter? Yeah. Oh, wait, there's only three minutes left. How are they going to... Oh, here he is. <laughs> oh, I guess it's not... Or I guess uh, it's not that big a deal to be in this prison. <laughs> uh, the thing is, I get it. Like, I get, from a writing standpoint, you don't want to focus on that. Well, if they look, did a whole act of prison break, that would be super boring.
1: Well, look, this isn't what the episode is about. Like, the episode yeah. is about the, the the trial, which is like, fine. Y-
0: you're well, right to call that out as a, as a bad thing. It does undermine the whole idea, but... I'm glad the episode was not structured that way. Yeah,
1: what what bugs me and like this this is a thing that really needs is going to need to come back is that like Archer's a big name in the Klingon Empire and mm-hmm. they're going to run into him again and someone's going to go Aren't you supposed to be in jail? Yeah, we give you a life sentence, dude. What what the hell? Like what the <laughs> Rora Penh? They found me quite indigestible.
0: <laughs> Ugh. Yeah. No, at some point they'll just do the nightly prisoner count. Yeah. And then maybe their diplomat calls the Starfleet diplomat and says, uh, what the fuck, man?
1: I mean, I can't imagine something. them being, like, super, like, hey, we're short
0: a guy, because people die there all the time. Yeah, but there should be a skeleton or something. Yeah, yeah. He should have turned into a skeleton. Right. Like like the old expression goes. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, no, you're right. Also, I, I have a hard time buying that the crew of the NX-01 was so deeply involved in, in Klingon affairs, just because... It's one of those retcon things. It's one of those. Wait a minute! I've seen what happens next, and nobody ever mentioned these guys. Yeah.
1: Well, the only the thing is, they're the only right now. They're the only people interacting with the Klingons. Like yeah, they're I the know. only humans. I know.
0: I j- you know.
1: Which goes a long way to show uh, why they don't like us when original series rolls around. Yeah, I know, and <sighs> I know you guys. We arrested you, and you broke out, you jerk. Now we're gonna hate you guys forever.
0: Oh uh, no, 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 because. There's the discovery happens in between there now. Oh, that's right. And they got plenty of reasons, which again we'll get to. Mm. Um, you guys made anyway. fun of our clown costumes. <laughs>
1: well, you are <laughs> wearing clown costumes. I look, man. I ain't here to judge, but I'm
0: judging you. Look, I mean, this episode is called judgment. So ah, there is that. Uh, there was a there was a big smug future man speech too, where. Where Martok's like, man, our society sucks now, and Archer's yeah. like, yeah, ours used to, but now it's great. A few courageous people stepped up. What he's saying is, yeah, my dad saved the world. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Ugh, shut up, man.
1: A few courageous people. Shut
0: That's up. That's what he said. I wrote. I wrote down the exact phrase. And then poor You're Martok's courageous. just like, well, if his dad could change the world, then perhaps I also could. I'm going to die on this prison planet. Like, yeah, like- he said. He said in court, like he's the one who pointed out. Uh, you know, Ruripenthe will kill you in six months to a year, and then they sentenced him to a year there, and he's old. Yep. So I doubt he's
1: going to live. Well, that's the problem, too. We watch him fall over after being there a day. Like, yeah, Archer's got to help him up, and he's like, no, I'll serve out my full sentence. The thing is, I God, admire the, the hell out of him for that.
0: That is, a, that, is a, that is an honorable thing to do in the truest sense of the word. Like, yeah. Look, the law said, I broke the law and I belong here, therefore... I'm not just going to sneak away. That's not what an honorable person does. That's what a human does. Now get out of no. here, you big jerk. I use your friend, Captain. No, no, just nope.
1: <laughs> I would like to Malcolm just like, well, we've got room for somebody. Anybody else want to not be in prison? Hello? Preferably a lady. Form for I... a line. Or cue, yeah. as I would call it.
0: <clears throat> really, Mon Capitan? No, not you.
1: No, go away. Go have sex with Captain Picard. <laughs> gross.
0: Not canonical.
1: You're gross. <laughs> um, what
0: else? Anything? Uh, let me see. Let's take a spin through the old notes. That's exactly what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. Oh, there's a there's a bit there's sort of a Rashomon bit where first they ask Duras uh what what happened. Yep. And then later they come back and ask Archer what happened. The thing is Duras is um accounting of it where Archer just, like, storms in and is a huge dick to everyone. Mm -hmm. Like, well, this is not his POV. This is just what Archer's like. Yeah. Like, there's no reason to think this didn't happen exactly the way he said. Other than, like, saying stuff like, uh, you're all going to die now. No, that's, that's, that sounds like him. We will crush you. Yeah, this is the warship enterprise. Uh We will crush you because you're not just like us. Yeah. That, That sounds like him to me. All right. Uh, that's about all I got. Yeah. All right. Well, my quote mm-hmm. is uh, Martok trying to be nice about him and still saying this, which which pretty much sums up how I feel. <laughs> yes, he may be self-righteous. Yes, he can be a total tool who is a xenophobic asshole and, and gives long speeches, but uh, oh, I forgot where I was going with this. Hang on. Uh, I wrote this down. I had something oh. for this. Are we not doing Uh, phrasing anymore? (laughs) Are we not doing phrasing anymore? (laughs) Uh, What was your alternate
1: title? Twelve Angry Klingons. And twelve more angry Klingons. And an angry judge. And an angry prosecutor. And an angry planet. And an angry empire. And Worf. Well, there was no Worf. He was in the back. You would
0: mislead people with a title like that. His
1: great-great-grandfather, Lawyer Worf.
0: Oh, yeah, because every other generation names its kid Wharf. Yep. Yep. No, that's good. I like that. I went with to kill a mocking targ. It's not bad. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I would have gone with a different animal, but they don't seem to have any. <laughs> a mocking bird of prey, I guess, would have worked too. That's not bad. All right. We'll workshop it we and go. come back to it next week. I doubt we'll do that. <laughs> I doubt I will remember anything about this episode in, in seven days from now. Uh okay, moving on to okay, you remember in the original in the animated series how they pronounced Orion Orion? Mm-hmm. Uh so I, I assume therefore that this episode must not be called Horizon but Horizon.
1: Yeah,
0: like horizontal. Uh, right, exactly. So why don't you tell us all about Horizon?
1: Alright, so a random crew person requests that Archer drop him off at a nearby spaceship that apparently belongs to his family so he can visit. Huh guess this is one of those weird lower deck episodes that focuses on a crew person we've never seen before. Fair enough, Enterprise, but don't do it again. Said crew person, Travis Mayweather, returns to his family's shipping ship to learn that his father has died and that his brother is now in charge. Then there's a long lot of long, awkward sniping at each other when, as when brothers meet, I assume. My brother Niall is just talking about comic book movies, which is easier than emotions. Incidentally, he has nothing good to say about Justice League, so write that down, I guess. Travis Font keeps trying to upgrade the ship, but his brother Paul sees this as an insult to his authority, which I guess is true. Then they're attacked by snakefish aliens. Luckily, Travis's fancy college boy training gets them out, and Paul and Travis leave on good terms. Back on Enterprise, Trip tries to convince T'Pol to watch Universal's Frankenstein trilogy, but T'Pol outsmarts him. She knows the Hammer films are better.
0: Snake fish aliens. Huh? It's my
1: favorite. Yeah. That's
0: pretty great. Every
1: time a cer- there's a certain type of alien that shows up and they always look like snakefish.
0: Yep. You know, from the whole of justice. Yeah. <laughs> Y'all uh, like pizza, yeah, don't we ya? can all do that. Yep. I, I didn't hate this one. Like, I was didn't a hate it slow, either. I thought was a lot. Sorry, go ahead. No, that's all. A little slow, a little predictable. Yeah, but no, overall I it- didn't
1: hate it. It was, uh, you know, not a whole lot
0: going on. No, I, I like a good quiet episode every yeah. now and then a good quiet character driven. Like I was waiting for some major deadly danger and it all kind of fit. It was all yeah. low key, low stakes. I actually like more the, about, the deadly uh, danger
1: quite a bit when it rolls around towards the yeah, end.
0: Yeah, because Because it's natural. It's yeah. not suddenly we hit a magic anomaly or whatever. It's like. No, these guys are, uh, you know, uh, cargo haulers, and sometimes bandits and pirates and such, like, attack you, and yeah. that's what's happening right now. Like, just like we've established happening before, it happened again. Mm-hmm. So that's fine. And it, it so it becomes mostly about how the ship deals with that situation and how Travis, who's been away for a while and yeah. people resent him, like... Deals with it, and I, I like that. I, mm-hmm. It gives us actually something to know about Travis for
1: Yeah, change. no, and he desperately needed this episode. Of course he did. As, like, a character who, like, we joke, but, like, seriously, the dude has nothing to do for, on this show for most of the time.
0: Yeah, no, he's the Ahura of the show.
1: Yeah, not, and to just take, best. like, the time to go, well, this is his family, and this is what he grew up doing. And the dude's got an interesting backstory. He does I uh... I think that like th- this is a that's a this is a character we've never seen before and a character that sort of doesn't work on like later Star Trek's the guy who like grew up in like he he never lived on Earth he grew up in space like his well, yeah that home whole boomer is, thing is interesting yeah his home is like this freighter that like flies back and forth delivering cargo like. Yeah. That's interesting. Like, you can do something with that. We said that when uh, he first showed up, like, he could be the guy who, like, knows how to deal with, like, weird crap that the rest of the crew's never seen before because he's been to these planets.
0: We've seen a little of that from time to time. When the space storm came, he had some insight into that and a, a handful of other, like, aliens that he's encountered that they haven't yet, but for the most part, they haven't used it that much. No, they haven't. But they they every now and then we will remember. Oh right, we got this character who's technically been further out on the frontier, just not officially. Mm-hmm. Which is which is neat. And I like the like I like the idea of the of the the freighter ships and all that. I just don't think that's a very interesting setting, is all. Mm. Well, I would want to see a, a series that set well, right maybe. Mm,
1: but maybe. um, you know, a one off episode's fine.
0: Yeah, and and the the actors weren't bad. Yeah. It would not surprise me. I don't know this. I didn't see anything in Memory Alpha, but it wouldn't surprise me if the guy who played Travis's brother was up for the role of Travis, because that's usually how Star Trek does it. That makes a lot of sense. Like, that's just a total guess on my part. I have no evidence to that, except they've done it that way on a lot of other series where mm-hmm. they bring in someone's relative as the, the, the runner up that almost got the role. Yeah. And he was pretty good. And uh, the lady who played uh, Travis's mom was pretty good. Yep. And uh, um, what's his name? I can't remember the guy's name who plays Travis. Uh, I Montgomery, I think
1: well, we've been doing this a long time, and I can honestly say that other than Scott Bakula, I could not name a single person who plays anyone on this sh- on this show. No, so.
0: last last week Bob said Connor Trenier I'm like, who the fuck is that? Oh, that's trip is not it? Because <laughs> yeah. Bob did the the more than five seconds of looking. He looked at the credits and said, Oh, right, that's the that's one of the guys in your show, guys. Sorry, yeah, guys, I, I've been skipping the credits since the first episode. Yeah, it's if have you heard that song? Uh huh. Because it's terrible. That shit's rough. Yeah, but um. Uh, the, the dude who plays Travis said, um, like after the pilot, he's like, I would love if we did more where I'm hanging out in my little weightless corner of the ship. And mm-hmm. I would love if we met my family. And they finally got around to both of those things. Yeah. Like at the beginning of the episode, he's just hanging around in his weird upside down like weightless place, which is th- th- that's not much like there, that's a very little detail. But it's still cool to see. And they actually pull off the effect really well. Oh,
1: yeah. It looks real good. Like when, when Archer uh, comes in to talk to him, like,
0: yeah, he just flips up and they start talking on the ceiling. Mm -hmm. It's cute. Um, and I like, I like, I'm sure previous Star Trek hasn't done much in weightlessness because it's a hard effect to pull off. And I'm sure the, you know, advances in, in effects technology means you can do it now, Mm. but it's still a good thing to see. Oh yeah, we're in space and maybe some places wouldn't have normal earth gravity. Good. I'd like to see a planet like that, but you, you can't have everything, I guess. No. Um, but anyway your good thing was basically that you liked the uh the whole setting and
1: yeah pretty much right. yeah i also really love the design on uh on the freighter um yeah. like it's a big you, you look at it and it's a big uh in my notes I, i'm like oh it's a big
0: red dwarf ship yeah but- it looks very modular it looks like pieces snap off and on like a train
1: yeah but like at the end of the episode when they're fighting the snakefish aliens it's like the what what basically amounts to the 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 cabin of like the semi truck that the ship is detaches and flies around and i'm like oh the 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 ship is actually not very big at all like yeah no the rest of that is cargo
0: it's it's like all cargo
1: that's super cool yeah it's pretty neat
0: And. Um, yeah, you you had a you had a second part to your good thing also. Also,
1: again, nice to see a Travis episode. Yeah,
0: I mean we we kid because he's barely in it, but uh, this I mean, was, this, this was mostly about him. The first Travis episode, and well, we're still in season two, right? No, they did one in season one because there was one where he came back to help his uh, to help a different uh, cargo ship uh, fight against like pirates. Remember? Oh, right.
1: This is, is what Travis does. Being... He fights pirates.
0: I guess he's the guy. Rush Threepwood of uh, Star Trek. <laughs> No, because Guybrush himself was also a pirate. Oh, that's right. Drugs. He was a mighty like, pirate. Yeah, exactly. Look at his beard. hmm Yeah. Um, what else? No, I, again, I like that it was a quiet episode. I like that yeah. there was hardly any, like, there was no sci-fi bullshit this time. And I like some good sci-fi bullshit, but some weeks just, just follow the characters around and see what happens. And no,
1: it's a, you know, it's like a day, it's a very day in the life episode.
0: Yeah, and I like that. And I like back on the Enterprise, this is my good thing. There was this uh, subplot where Trip is like, hey, uh, you were here on movie night before you liked a movie. Why, why don't you watch uh, Dracula with it or uh, Frankenstein with us? Mm. And, and she's like, ah, I, I don't know, man. No, no. Come on. C-c-c- it's Frankenstein. Why don't you? <sighs> okay. <laughs> it was it was cute because it, was, uh-huh. it wasn't it wasn't him trying to make like get her to go on a date. It wasn't any gross Malcomy stuff. It was just trying to and, and it was a little pushing the Earth thing on the Vulcan a little too hard. But mm-hmm. but they did it in a lighter-hearted way, so it didn't bother me as much. Yeah. And and I enjoyed it. And then the culmination of that was, um, she's like, this would be a great movie to show, Vul- show Vulcans of you guys' total, like, ignorance of science and hatred of technology. Yep. I'm going to send this to the ambassador. I love he that. he will understand you guys way more. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. You guys are basically the the torch-wielding villagers, and I'm the monster. You guys know that, right? Uh Yeah. I love that. It was a lot of fun.
1: I I also like uh, uh, Trip as a horror movie buff, Mm. which is yet another thing I would have made up for him, but the episode beat me to it, so nice job, Enterprise. Well, that's just because you like all that old dumb stuff. Oh, I do.
0: And, you know. I
1: don't I watched like a, I watched an old Dracula movie last night. So well, there
0: you go. Uh uh-huh. I um I recently went and saw uh, the Mads from Mystery Science Theater. Uh, uh Frank and Trace do mm. uh, an old Vincent Price movie. And Ooh, nice. Was reminded of how I don't don't understand what the deal is with Vincent Price at all. <laughs> you mean the voice of Seric? Yeah, no, I do not mean that. <laughs> I mean the star of the hilarious House of Frightenstein is what I mean.
1: I came in to do I came in and worked for five hours and they paid let's, me a giant check and I let's,
0: left. Let's bang these out. Hey, hey, it's Krusty the talking clown <laughs> <laughs> Oops, I'll do that one again.
1: Now I can go back to doing what I really like. Gourmet food <laughs> Yeah. No. no,
0: I but I did I did enjoy I did enjoy that whole uh that whole little B plot, which didn't go anywhere, didn't really do it was just a nice character yeah. thing. It doesn't always have to be like and then the movie reel had a alien ghost in it. No. And Frankenstein
1: came to life and attacked yeah. the
0: crew the crew. I mean Voyager would absolutely have done that. Oh,
1: in a second.
0: Yeah. And uh, I believe to says, why, "Why don't you just go practice your harmonica instead?"
1: Mm, I, which, I which is a pretty good insult for literally anybody you meet. Try it at home sometime when uh, someone's pissing you off. Tell them to go practice their harmonica.
0: <laughs> well, in fairness, he does play a harmonica. I mean, that's true.
1: So I also nice. I really like. Um, at one point, she's trying to get out of it, and she's like, "Frankenstein's a book, right?" And Tri- Trip's like, "Yeah," and she goes, <laughs> "Oh." Maybe the crew would benefit more from a uh, uh, public reading of the book instead. Well, and I mean, fir- first of all, I think the crew would definitely benefit from uh, from uh, someone doing a live reading of a book. Secondly, it shouldn't be Frankenstein. That book drags.
0: Oh, okay. But uh, the way Trip explained it was, uh, yeah, it was written by some lady who was married to a, a famous poet. Like, r- really? I'm uh-huh. not even gonna like you. Just gloss over Mary Shelley as like the inventor of science fiction. Yeah, basically. Like, well, she's somebody's wife, so whatever.
1: You know, some lady who was married to some guy.
0: Yeah, that's that's the lead here. Is the poet was was the real the real hero? Anybody want to hear about how great Byron was? Byron Shelley was. No.
1: Shelley's fun to say with my accent. No, so
0: Byron is a different guy that Shelley was. Oh, that's uh, right. Uh, what the fuck was his first with? name? Percy. Was it Percy? Yes, yes what it was Percy. Percy. <laughs> uh huh. Yeah. No, it just it bugged me that he, you know. He was like, yeah, it was written by some somebody's wife. <laughs>
1: Shut you up. Know, Trip. You know, you know, a pretty lady. Yeah. Can you imagine um, a lady writing a book? Golly. What a different time we live in. <laughs> Trip, you know women write books pretty much all the time, right? What? What? Sorry, I ain't read no books since how to uh, since how to fix your boat.
0: <laughs> oh, excuse me. The complete idiot's guide to fixing your boat. Of course. That's what appealed to me. I didn't care about boats till I saw that there was a book about it for idiots. If I ever meet so, an idiot, I'll be able to explain it to him. <laughs> uh we should probably talk about the Travis thing a little more though. Yeah. Um I I I was irritated that um they did the whole his dad didn't want him to join Starfleet thing, but they turned that around nice. Like mm-hmm. because they uh nobody's dad wants him to join Starfleet. That's every Star Trek character ever. Yeah. Like from Spock on to Picard on to Cisco, like okay, we get it. But um, the the turnaround was uh, Archer was looking at the recommendations from the the, the finalists, the yeah. candidates he had uh, their um, their previous COs. and because of the way these shipping ships work, it's mm. um, his CO is his dad. Yeah. So Travis's dad wrote this glowing recommendation and said you would be a real idiot if you didn't hire this guy because he's the best. Mm. And it now was that- a nice. It was a nice thing.
1: Yeah, it's gu- it's good to see like y- your dad having his dad not approve of what he's going to do, but if he's going to do it then damn it, I'm going to help him.
0: Like Yeah, he's going to be on the best ship and get the best job on the best ship that's going to, you know. Yeah. Like that's cool. I like that. Yeah. Um and-
1: I'm going to say um uh having your captain be whoever the oldest kid on the ship is is probably not the the best way to run a ship, but you well, know. as
0: we saw with with you know Paul, yeah, maybe you know. Although I I really like how like I don't think the guy who plays Travis is maybe the best actor in the in the ensemble. He's not the worst because no. that would be Malcolm. He, he does fine. Yeah, but I did like, and I don't know if this was in the script or if it was an acting choice or both. But he always downplayed everything. Mm-hmm. Like everyone wants to make a big deal out of his Starfleet stuff, and he's like, no, 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 no. I yeah. Yeah, we, we saw some aliens. It's fine. It's not mm. a big deal. And his mom's trying to make a bigger deal out of it. And he gives her this adorable mom look <laughs> that I liked. And there there was a lot of that. There was a lot of like, no, no, no. I'm, I'm just an ensign. It's not a big deal. You know. And I, I enjoyed that. Yeah. So, um, but that said... When he starts trying to upgrade the ship without permission. That's not cool, man. You you don't live here anymore.
1: I mean, that's the thing. Like, his brother has a point. Like, if they break down, like, are they going to be able to, like, to to fix it? Yep. You know, without him. Like. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, upgrade. Like, look, upgrading the ship is great. And yeah. using your, your highfalutin college boy knowledge of to make everything fancy, that's
0: awesome. But if this thing breaks, can I fix it? No, what you do, what what you should do, Mm. is get everybody together. Like, the whole ship, there's only ten people or whatever. Yeah. Like, you you get them all in a room and you say, here are the upgrades I'd like to do. I want to teach you guys and I want you to help me make them. Yeah. Therefore, you can fix them later. Like, here's the principle behind what I'm about to do. Do you get it? Yeah. And then, they're upgraded and they understand. And That's great and it's super useful to them. Like, And, next time you meet another freighter, teach them and eventually the whole fleet will have this.
1: Yeah. Teach a man to fish. Come on. Yeah, exactly. Teach a man to catfish. And he'll be catfishing for the rest of his life. Oh no. I lost the metaphor.
0: That's why that's why I haven't been on a good date in a long time.
1: What's a metaphor?
0: I don't know, Trip, what's meta with you? <laughs> uh, can I go now?
1: Ah, uh, we have fun here on Enterprise. Well, I do. We have fun because I make us have fun. Now come on, we're gonna go watch Frankenstein. <laughs>
0: And Then we're gonna watch Bride of Frankenstein. <laughs> They're gonna watch Abbott and Costello meet Frankenstein. Hilarious House of Frankenstein. No. Yeah, I would throw him out the airlock for that. It's fair. I'm still trying to figure out how to throw you out the airlock for that. <laughs> <laughs> Let me know when they invent an airlock. Yep. Uh, what else? Uh, buh, 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 buh. Anything? Uh, You want to tell us about your bad thing? Uh, do I? I guess. I suppose I do. Oh, yeah. Okay. So before Travis uh, leaves to go over to the other ship, uh, he's like, man, I miss my family. I wish I could see my family more. I hope hope one day they'll allow families on starships and maybe things will be so complicated they'll also need to get a counselor. And (laughs) Malcolm says, oh, I hope things will never be like that. That would be terrible. And then they'll stare at the camera for fully three seconds. Yep. I hope the next generation is is better equipped to handle that situation. Ugh, that's rough. Yeah, that was that was a little on the nose.
1: This is uh, this is how you don't like call back to stuff that's come before, guys. Yeah, no. The real previous good episode in, is how you
0: do it. You did real good in judgment. This not so much. Yeah, but uh, overall, I didn't hate this one. Like no, it, was, it was fine. It was slightly above average uh, for Enterprise. It was a good episode. Yeah. Or, if I'm compiling a list of the best Star Trek episodes I've seen in anything, this would probably not make the list. But best Enterprise episodes, it might squeak onto the bottom somewhere. Yeah,
1: I'll take it. it wasn't bad. I like. We have it so few quite good a episodes. Like, episode.
0: yeah. yeah, and we've been begging for uh, what is Travis's deal? When are we going to get to know him better? And we yeah. got one.
1: Yeah. So good and work, again,
0: Enterprise. I guess. Again, I like I like the choice to make him like he was so humble and modest the whole mm. time. He wasn't trying to say. Like, because we've seen this story before where the family resents him going away and he comes back home and he's kind of a dick about it. Yeah. Like we saw it with Picard and his brother. I know we've seen it other times, too. Mm-hmm. And Travis is the first one I can think of who's just like, oh, let's not talk about that. Can we, can we not? not? Big deal. Please. Look, you I guys just, are, You guys are doing the important work here. I'm just yeah. I'm just off doing a job. It's OK. And, you know, it was pretty neat. Mm-hmm. I like that. And it tells like that is kind of why Travis is Travis Reeds is a bit bland. Yeah, well, yeah, because he's so subdued, but at least it's a deliberate character choice, and that's something too. Like, Which is so strange because he's always pulling his classic practical jokes. That's true, and and it's hard to like sell a great ghost story like he's all the time telling. Uh huh. When when you're so like modest and and understated, well, then you got that nice that nice ghost monotone, you know. I guess that's true. And I, then it- I don't. Who would you rather hear a ghost story from, though? Like Stephen Wright, or you know. Vincent Price, sure, Vincent Price. The let me tell. Let me
1: tell you a scary ghost story about how I burned a chicken once.
0: Let me trim my mustache down to the most disturbing width possible. Let me dress like Doctor Strange if he was real.
1: <laughs> By the hoary hosts of
0: Agith. Ugh! God, don't get it. I don't destroy. Get it.
1: Destroying my lawn with his magic.
0: Yep, exactly. Okay. <laughs> uh, anything else? Uh, let's see.
1: Uh, I got my quote. Oh yeah, what do you got? Uh, this is from uh uh this is to Paul shushing flocks at the it, at movie night. This is Doctor Frankenstein. His technique is not dissimilar to a practice on Basari too. It, they successfully used an isolytic current to reanimate the bodies of the recently deceased. Really? Mm-hmm. Of course, the revived individuals weren't capable of more than basic cellular metabolism. However, the Basari have developed a procedure that shows promise
0: in repairing the synaptic gap.
1: We can stop the film if it's disturbing your
0: conversation. Yeah, that was cute. Although then, um, she was using her phone, and yeah, some she, people were uh, yelling at her. But
1: she whips out yeah. her cell phone at one point. What were you raised in a barn?
0: I don't know. When I'm sitting here at home, like, who among us, Matt? Mm-hmm. Who among us has has Sat through a boring thing that we're obligated to sit through and not looked at a different screen while we were doing it. Listen, uh-huh. that
1: that's fine at home. Yeah, but she is at home. She's also in like a she's also watching a movie with a bunch of other people. That's yeah, but rude. she's
0: she doesn't want to be there. Well, then she can leave. Uh, I guess. I don't know. I like it doesn't make any noise, so it's, it's no. Not... It's the light, dude. Yeah, I guess. I don't know. I get it. When you're talking about a cell phone in a public movie theater, I'm mm-hmm. not defending that at all. But I'm saying, as someone who has to sit through an hour and a half of things I don't want to be watching right now, mm-hmm. you cannot tell me that you're not looking at literally anything other than what you have to do.
1: Dude, I'm looking at stuff right now while I'm talking to you. But uh, Yeah,
0: exactly. And this, this is the part that's supposed to make it more interesting. Mm-hmm. It's hard, man.
1: <laughs> also, her cell phone beeps. So, like, yeah, no, that's, that's no not good cool. either.
0: No, that that completely destroys my argument then. Because mm-hmm. I thought, okay, well, if it's a screen, well, you know, she could it's, turn the brightness down maybe. But Yep,
1: but it's also making Star Trek noises. So. No, nope,
0: not cool. Don't do that. Yeah. Uh
1: what do you got for an alternate title? Uh what do I got for an alternate title? Oh yes. You can't go home again or your brother will yell at you for upgrading the engines.
0: That's pretty good. I went with uh I I, I gotta gotta pat myself on the back. This is one of my favorite ones that I've done so far. Vulcanstein. Mm-hmm. Or the modern plomychtheus. It's pretty good. Yeah.
1: You get best cup for this episode. (laughs) A
0: cup of Plomyc soup. Uh Uh-huh. Which is the only food on Vulcan. Yep. All right. That's all for this time. If I am not mistaken, our pal Vishal, who has not joined us in quite some time, Maybe joining us next week. I need to. I need to double check that because he's in a he's in a crazy different time zone, sure. and, and there's there's a lot of different factors there. But it's possible he will be joining us for the first time in a while. Excellent. So look forward to that. Uh, if you want to contact us, we're getting relatively near the end of the season in our, in our supplemental episode, postatomachor at gmail, website postatomachor.com. There's a link at the top for t-shirts, uh, including our most recent shirt, the post shirt, mm-hmm. modeled after Discovery's disco shirt. Yep. Uh, that's, that's a delight. Uh, we got a Looks Tumblr, real good. Yeah, it does. Uh, uh I am at Algar on Twitter, and Matt is at Robot Matt. And you should like and comment on iTunes, and is that all the things? I think that's everything. Uh, okay. T- see you, folks. The Post-Atomic Horror Podcast is a co-production of Ron Algar Watt and Matt Robotham. Copyright 2017. Please don't sue us. We're, we're, we're still just doing this.